Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to see all of you here. Like Brian said, today is Youth Sunday, and so our middle school and high school students lead our service. Also, my name is Mandy Freiberg. I should have done that first. I'm sorry. Yeah, my name's Mandy. Hi. Uh, my name is Toby Coleman, and over the next few minutes, you're going to hear about some of the trips we took this summer and how God moved in the hearts of our students. We had the chance to take 115 students and leaders to the beach for a week of camp at Garden City in June. And so in July, we took 35 students and leaders and we were able to have an opportunity to serve in our very own community. And we served alongside ministries such as Solas Christus, Second Harvest Food Bank, and City Lights Ministry. And then on the last day, we were able to tube down the Yadkin River. So it was a really good way to end a couple of days with a really fun event. Before some students come up and share their testimonies, we'd love to show you a quick recap video of each of the trips we took and what we got to experience. And now, here's a recap video camp. Okay, so, hi, I'm Connor Jones, and this will be my testimony. Um, I'm gonna be a senior in high school at Reagan next year, and I'm pretty new to this church, but I've been following, uh, I've loved every second of it so far. And though I may be new here, I've been walking with Christ ever since I was 13. I was saved four years ago at a church camp called Camp Caswell. And I went there just expecting a fun time with my friends, but I came out with a savior that I didn't even know I needed. When I got back from camp, I was changed in Christ's name, but I wasn't taking the steps to grow my faith like I needed to. This same story went on for a long time. But God was always on my mind. On another note, I run cross-country indoor and outdoor track. And one day on a run, uh, it was like five minutes in, I stepped off a curb and into an oncoming car. And uh, it hit me, flipped me through the air, left a huge cut on my leg. And like my whole teammates saw it, and that was like traumatizing for them. But it just made me realize that it was like a sign that I needed to go back to God. And because the thing that I cared about most, being running, was taken from me. And I should have just turned to him. But guess what? I didn't. God saved me from taking one more step in the road, and I could have easily ended up dead on the road. I had so many opportunities to turn to God's calling and turn to him, but I fell short time and time again. But as Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this was revealed to me on the youth trip to Garden City. Before the trip, I was so lost, placing my worth in others', others opinions of me, in success in school and running, and I was never enough for any of it until I realized my true purpose on this trip. Arriving on Monday to the buses, I knew three out of the like 100 plus kids there, and honestly, it was super intimidating, and I was super anxious about it. But as the week went on, I got closer with so many people, and the central focus of all those relationships were focused on God, and I never had something like that before, and it's just amazing. Um, and then Thursday night came. I'm sure you hear about this a bunch from the rest of the people, but that was probably the greatest night of my life. God was in the room, and heaven was brought down to earth, and it absolutely blew my mind. The night before, I was praying with Lucas and Nate about how I was just feeling like empty in worship and like I needed something. And then the speaker, Matt, got up on the stage and he said something along the lines of, if you're feeling empty, 
call or like look to him and it like it's like he like heard over my shoulder and it's just insane like it proved for sure that he's there and I was broken wide open after that the rest of the night and then later on in the night after the floor was drenched in all of our tears Matt got back up on the stage and mentioned if anyone felt called to take the next next step and get baptized and I just felt like I told them at the beach I just felt like the spirit inside me say yes and I followed so I went to the back of the room where I knew Brian Corey and um, Andrew were to tell them about this and I saw one of the guys back there that I like met just the, like a few days before and it's Anjay he'll speak in a moment but like I talked to him and he was like I was like I want to be baptized and he was like dude me too and I like got talking to him more and I'm like yeah I, my family isn't like wasn't super into church before and he's like dude me too <laughs> and it was just insane like he like put someone with like such a similar story in my life and then we got baptized together the next day but here's how that went so we talked to brian andrew and Corey, and at first we were like i don't know if we should get baptized yet like we should just wait till we go to church and then andrew told us a story about an ethiopian guy i don't really know and it was an axe and he, he, like, he came to this guy riding in the, some kind of horse-drawn something or something, and he was like, what are you reading? And it was, like, so, some book, and then he was like, I feel like I should get baptized. They did it on the side of the road, and I was like, that sounds awesome. And then Andrew comes up, and he's like, I don't care about, like, if we're supposed to wait, like, if we should wait and, like, do it in front of the whole church. I think if you feel called to do it now, you should do it now, and that just was amazing. And then... So we decided we would do it on the beach the next morning. And when we got back to the rooms that night, I could not stop smiling all night. Like, I went to sleep grinning, I'm sure. And then when we woke up the next morning, still smiling. But when I, even when I noticed it was raining. And to be completely honest, I could not care less if it was a hurricane out there. I would still be down to get baptized or even get baptized in, like, a bathtub. Didn't matter to me. But... I heard people praying about it, and I was like, that, that would, like, mess up the plans if it was raining. But we went into the last service um, before we were supposed to, like, get baptized and then go home, and it was still raining, and there was, like, no sign of stopping. And um, the, right before we stepped out of, like, the chapel, it just stops. Like, the, the rain cloud just paused where they were and sp- opened the heavens, and it was like, I thought of it as, like, God opening the heavens so we can just get a clear view of us getting dunked under the water. And he did. <laughs> and another crazy thing is about when I got dunked under the water to get baptized, apparently a shark jumped like four feet out of the water behind me. And I thought of that as like confetti, like for the party that was going on <laughs> in the beach and in heaven also. And yeah. <laughs> And as soon as everyone had been baptized and we started to go back to the buses, it, the rain came right back. And Garden City was just what I needed to rededicate my life back to him and truly be changed in Jesus' name. The week was, so, was truly an eye-opening week for me and so many others. I believe that those nights have forever changed me for his glory. He has answered even my most seemingly impossible prayers. I've seen him make miracles happen, heal people back to health, And he has fully transformed me from my most lost and broken state 
when I was stuck in my sinful ways, when nothing but him could change me. He was with me through the fire, and he always will be. As long as we fixate our eyes upon him and not the wind and the waves this world brings, he will guide us in his love and transform us in his name. Praise what the Lord has done and will do, now and forever. Amen. And, and now this is Ava with her own testimony. Hi, my name is Ava Yoder, and I'm going to be a rising freshman at West this year. This summer, I went on the five-day camp that our church put on at Garden City Beach, which is right below Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Last year, due to the pandemic, the summer plans for our youth ministry had to change from going on a trip to serving locally, and I didn't have a chance to retreat or get away. When I heard that our youth, trip, youth group was going to attend a camp at this beach this summer, I was beyond excited, but if I'm honest, my relationship with God was pretty much non-existent at this point. To start off, I want to say that every single day since this trip, I've complained about wanting to go back because it's truly the best week ever. I made so many good memories from things like a dance party we have one night after worship, screaming, to journeys don't stop believing, to worshiping on the beach one afternoon, to go, to go go-karting, to go-karting during free time one day. Each day at camp, we had a worship service in the morning and evening. The first few days of service, we talked about Peter and Jesus walking on the water and how when Peter lost focus on God, he started to sink. I feel like that really just represents this trip so well because we were all just so focused on God the whole week and never sank. And I pray that we all continue to keep our eyes on God. This trip was exactly what I needed to spark my faith into action. The friendships I made over this trip have been some of the best ones I've ever had. And God has put these people in my life who are still helping me grow my faith daily. While we were at the beach, I saw all the beautiful sunsets and sunrises God painted himself, which made me just so amazed. It was a joy to be reminded of what King David wrote in Psalm 97.1, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. The highlight of the trip had to be the last night of worship. It was the most unforgettable and amazing thing I've ever seen. Every person in that room was standing beside God. God just touched everyone's heart in so many ways, and everyone that night was united in worship of an almighty God despite our differences, and it was so perfect. There were so many prayers, tears, and hugs happen that happened that night. To see God so at work in a room full of teenagers is pretty much the coolest thing ever. My biggest feeling that night was probably just gratefulness because all of us sin probably hundreds of times every week, but God still loves us even though we couldn't be more underserving. God moved in a mighty and powerful way on this trip, and I'm so thankful for this church and the people who made this trip happen and all of you who prayed for us and support our youth ministry. I don't know where I would be without it. Now I'm reading scripture and thanking God for my blessings and praying for my struggles every day. This summer, this summer has shown me that no matter what, God's presence will always be with us in life and that his love will always be shown in this church. Too many ways to count. Now Andy's going to come speak. Good morning, everyone. I guess I'll start off by introducing myself. My name is Anjay Hanneman. I'm a rising senior at West Forsyth now, and I've been at River Oaks in the youth for a couple of months now. I can say that eight months ago, I didn't know the gospel of Jesus. I had never stepped into a foot, I had never stepped foot into a church service nor even opened a Bible. I was born into a Hindu home, and I was expected to be a believer. 
but other than my married sister, we were all Hindu. But it all changed when, with a friend's influence, I started coming to River Oaks back in January, and I quickly started to feel the greatness of God. And in February, I confessed that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I was saved. I remember the night so perfectly. It was the first time I had truly saw an ounce of God's power and greatness, and it had instantly put me to tears. The next months ahead, I had gotten a spiritual high that I had never wanted to go away. I got more invested in River Oaks and found a family that I love to this day and will always love, and I made friends that will last forever. I was constantly wanting to do more and learn more and grow in Christianity, and being in and being in a non-Christian home with a family made it a lot harder. I felt like I was alone at home because I could never talk to anyone about church or God or Christ, but I knew I wasn't because God was with me. And even then, I felt like it was gonna get harder, but it was okay because I knew it was gonna be okay even if it was just me and him. The Lord gave me an urge to learn more about baptism as I wanted to grow my faith, but I was being held back by my confidence in showing my faith to my family and my friends. And for the longest time, it was my greatest thing holding me back. In Mark 20, 11, 24, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe in it. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And so I prayed. I prayed that God would give me the confidence to not be ashamed of living my life in Christ and to not be ashamed, whether it was with family or friends. And he went to work. God answered my prayer at my first youth trip at the back, at, at, back at the end of June. And I had already been excited for Garden City Beach. Even before we went, just because I had so many expectations from what I've heard from others, the trip was by far the greatest week of my life. It was unexplainable how present the Holy Spirit was with us the whole week. I remember the first day of the trip, we had gone to worship and did Bible study, and my expectations, expectations had already been blown away. Throughout the trip, I had grown my confidence in Christ greater and greater every day. I saw myself talking aloud to others about God more. I saw myself being, not, being a, oh, sorry, not being afraid of what others would think. I saw myself wanting to show others how God has changed my life for the better. As the week went on, it just got better and better, from the Holy Spirit absolutely de destroying everyone after worship and everyone crying, to new friends being made and encounters with God's signs. I remember one morning, I'd gotten a daily message from my Bible app on my phone, and it said in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father or mother, uh, he cannot be my disciple. And of course, that doesn't exactly mean you need to hate your father or mother um, to love Christ, but I knew that it had meant that you need to put God first and nothing else comes before him. And that was something that was running through my mind the whole week. Later that day, we had worship, and after worship, our pastor for the week, Matt, had come to talk about stories from, from the Bible. And he had talked about a story, and he, I kind of zoned out, but the first word that I recognized was baptism. And I'd been wanting to get baptized for a little bit, and living in a non-Christian home, baptism felt like something that would upset or cost a relationship with my family, and I was scared. But in that moment, it was like God had spoken to me, and he was over my shoulder, and he said, right now, right here. And in my mind, I just was like, Yes. I remember mouthing it, and it was all I could think of. We soon had a couple more songs for worship, and it was the most I'd ever felt the Holy Spirit before. I remember doing the song Waymaker. I just started to bawl my eyes out hearing the song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And by the end of the worship that night, everyone in the room had God's Spirit in them. People were praying, people were getting saved. We had people bawling their eyes out. It was a true 
work of art, work of the Holy Spirit. In my mind, all I could think of is about is going to Brian and asking if I could get baptized there and then. I had been struck by the Holy Spirit, and I was tired of being held back by my parents, by my friends, and by myself. I wanted to show everyone that I've given my life to the Lord, and I'm proud of it, and I've received his true glory. And so I asked Brian and Andrew if it was possible, and one of my other friends, Connor, was there too. I was so determined to do it right there and right then. And, and in God's plan, Andrew and Brian told us that it could be done. And so we were going to the ocean the next day, the last day of the trip, to get baptized, and I was beyond excited. It was like I was constantly filled with God's joy and happiness and greatness. The next morning, I woke up for the very first time in my life, smiling with such happiness my cheeks hurt. We had gone to worship that morning, which then included more crying, but the Holy Spirit never left us. God never left us. To add on to the list of God's work that was clearly seen on the trip, the morning of the baptism, it had been pouring down rain, and I was so determined to get baptized that I would have gone to do it even with the rain and the strong current that we had. But God showed his presence. He showed his great and amazing power, and he stopped the rain as soon as we were going to go out to the ocean. It was unbelievable. I also found out that with Connor, one of my leaders, Levi, and one of my friends, Lucas, had also asked about getting baptized. And when we were getting to go get baptized, we see a shark jump out of the water. And it was genuinely, it, it genuinely excited me more, which was weird to think. But it was another one of those things that was one of God's signs and it was his presence everywhere. We got baptized, and I got baptized without fear of anything, whether it was telling my friends or sharing my story, telling my Hindu parents, or even getting bitten by a shark. When I rose from the water, I truly felt so free. I felt like I was reborn and never wanted to go back. I remember smiling so much and, and crying and being so thankful for God. The Garden City Beach was one I know I remember for a long time. It will be a story I'll tell for a long time, and it created memories that will last forever. I created a bond not only with friends and leaders, but I also grew my bond greatly with Christ and my faith. It grew my confidence higher with Christ than anything I've ever felt with before. And knowing I would have to tell them at some point, I decided to talk to my parents when I got back. I told them before about me becoming a Christian, and they were accepting, but wasn't as supportive because comparing to my sister, Kristen, who became Christian after she moved out, I was only 16 and making my own decisions. But everything was okay, and they supported me going to River Oaks because they saw me becoming a better person. But when I came back from the trip, I was afraid at first, but I told them about the baptism. It didn't go so well, but I knew that God had it, God had it all under control, and it calmed me. As things with my parents and I had gone to the worst, I'd, I had imagined, and, and fear was slowly filling my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about the verse that I had read early in the week, how to put God first before anything. And this was truly my first test of exactly that. And I was perfectly calm and okay while things got bad solely because I knew he was going to be with me the whole way. I prayed more and more about my situation and asked everyone I knew just to pray not only for me, but for my parents, and to ask that God would just come into their lives as he did mine. The next day, God answered my prayer, and things were good. The whole situation had settled, and my parents were more accepting of the baptism. And although it wasn't maybe what exactly they had wanted for me, I knew that it was what the Lord had wanted, and that was all I needed. I was still proud as, if, proud as ever. My confidence in Christ grew knowing that nothing was holding me back. I was telling friends about my baptism that I was fearing wouldn't accept me or that would push me away, but instead they were proud and happy for me. 
sharing my experience with God, maybe I'll, I said, <laughs> if it doesn't do much, sharing my experience with God may be able to spark a thought in their minds about his greatness, and I was happy about that. I felt more than ever that God's plan was at work. I felt like no matter what, he was going to be there. And, for, and growing up in a home where Christianity wasn't near, necessarily accepted just made me stronger. It gave God's work even greater value to me. And it truly made me feel blessed to have the love of Jesus Christ. I believe God gave me a story so I could spread his word, his love, his greatness, and his glory. And I pray that my testimony could show someone who's going through what I've been through <laughs> Sorry, I, I pray that my testimony could show someone who is going through what I've been through that God truly does love you. He's always with you, and he'll never leave your side. These past eight months have been greater than my past 17 years. Not only have I met friends and mentors that last a lifetime, but I've discovered Christ in my life. I've learned that he was always there with me even when I had never known of him, and that his true work and power is impossible to wrap our heads over. I pray that the Lord shows his greatness to everyone just like he did to me. I pray that one day everyone in the world can not only receive but accept the love of Jesus Christ and experience his true glory. And it's in Jesus' name that, I've have, that I thank for everything I've received. Amen. So during the trip, a couple students were able to share their testimonies as well and got baptized. And we're going to show that video for you guys. Man, those are some, that, that, that whole week was just absolutely incredible with all of those guys and just everybody there, both the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. It was a fantastic trip. Um, so uh, if, if anybody wants to turn to Mark 2, um, I'll just add, I'm just going through the first couple verses of that, so just at the beginning. Um, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging it through, by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. So I want you to imagine that you're trying to get tickets to a concert 
with your, for your favorite band with one of your friends. And this, is, this isn't one of those, like, you know, normal concerts. This is one of those concerts where, you know, you're sitting there refreshing the website, trying to get tickets right as they go online. And sadly, you can't get tickets. They're all sold out right as, right as you try to log in. Now, I'm sure some people would say, oh, well, maybe we should go and look by the sidewalks out there. Maybe somebody will sell us tickets when we're there. Or maybe some slightly less legal people would think, maybe we should, you know, go around the gate and just sort of sneak in. But I feel like very few of us would consider lowering our friend down into the front row off the light fixture that they use, you know, for all the big lights. I, I don't think that's something that would come to mind to many of us, right? I mean, that's... that's that's nuts. Your friend could fall off and like break his leg or something. You could get arrested. The potential consequences of that are just crazy. But that's what these friends did to get their friend to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. They went through all of that because they had faith that Jesus could could heal him. Notice how Jesus doesn't say he saw the paralyzed man. He saw their faith. That's the first thing that he noticed about these men. Because that's the thing, is that in this story, Jesus was really looking at the deeper problems. Even though that man was paralyzed, he had more than those teachers of the law in that room because he had faith that Jesus could help him, that he could forgive him. This was contrasted with the Pharisees who were, might have been outwardly healthy, but were spiritually sick. They couldn't understand who Jesus was, and their immediate reaction to him was one of anger. They didn't understand that he was God. But Jesus turns this around with one question. Which is easier, to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to t- get up your mat and go home? Now, at first glance, this seems like a pretty obvious question. I mean, obviously, it's easier to just tell somebody their sins are forgiven, right, than to say that, th- that they're healed. But which is really the harder thing to say? Which requires more power? Forgiveness is something that only God is able to give. And even though healing a paralyzed man is absolutely miraculous, Forgiveness is the true display of what God has, has to offer us. Jesus explains why he forgave the man by saying that he wanted to show that power to everybody there, showing his deity to all of those around him. But remember how this whole situation started. This situation started with these men who had the boldness, the recklessness to break into somebody else's own home and lower their friend through the roof. And I think that's what we've seen um, on these youth trips, is we've seen roof-breaking boldness from these students. Um, you know, it's, it's just been amazing, you know, to watch, like, all of them, you know. It's, it's been great. Um, because that boldness is what God calls us to have. Um, 
And so as far as application goes, be bold when it comes to Jesus. Don't be afraid to, you know, worry about the consequences of, you know, living for Jesus because oftentimes they aren't good. They aren't going to be great. It's not an easy life. But also trust God to give you what you need because ultimately these men were rewarded with for both forgiveness and healing when they went through all of that to get to Jesus. I just want to um, thank all, like everybody in the youth group because it's been a fantastic seven years and it's just kind of hard to believe that, you know, this is my last youth Sunday, so. Alrighty, I'm gonna pray, uh, pray and then we're gonna transition to um, the Jerusalem Project video, so. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for an awesome um, Youth Sunday. I just want to thank you for uh, showing yourself through um, all of our lives this summer. And I just want to pray that other people will be emboldened uh, to uh, seek you and to trust in you and their daily lives. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Uh, hey, y'all. <laughs> uh, sorry, my brother just spoke and it's like, He's going to college, so. But uh, yeah, that was, I'm Becca, by the way, if you couldn't tell on screen. Uh, sorry, I'm like, really? <laughs> um. not even what I'm speaking on today, but I'm crying. Uh, okay, let's forget that for a moment. Uh, so I got the privilege of getting to go on our youth's local missions trip, uh, and that was like really great. Um, <laughs> like that's also why I'm crying, is because that was just, it wasn't what I expected. Um, I'm a very anxious person, if y'all don't know me. Sorry, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I just, wow, sorry, Will, you can't speak, because this is what happens, um, <sighs> I mean, yeah, because Megan also, <sighs> that may help, <sighs> I'm not, like, crying because of that, it's just an emotional time, so, yeah, that was really great. Megan was with me. Um, uh, like I was saying, I'm a very anxious person. Uh, and they can't make anything mandatory for high school volleyball until August, which is now. And when my mom told me that this trip was happening, I was like, well, I already went on the beach trip, right? Like, you know, like, I was just like, well, like, do I really want to do this? It's just like, I don't even know what we're going to do, you know? And I was just sort of like, this isn't worth it. I'm missing... Uh, optional volleyball stuff and I just felt like oh, I was like really stressed that I wasn't gonna make the team but I think God told me like Becca chill like right now chill you know like it's it's gonna be okay worry about that later God comes first and I wasn't really focused on that <laughs> um, so then I just was like you know I'm gonna do this and there were open spots and Corey told me that because I hadn't signed up yet so that Sunday before Monday, which was the 
first day of like all the mission stuff, I signed up. Um, and we got to work with some amazing people. City Lights, Solus Christus, and Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, and it was much more spiritually fulfilling than what I expected. And that was mainly because I got to see how my willingness to serve played out, right? Because normally you like donate money to the church. And maybe you'll see a video uh, about what we did. But you don't really understand the impact because you weren't there, right? And that was like, I actually got to see the impact. I went and we got to work in warehouses, which I thought would be really boring. But I got to like hang out with my friends and... We got to organize clothes, build bunk beds, and even bag food. Um, I, the reason I always assumed work like that is I never really got what it was like working towards until our youth ministry got to go out and distribute food and toys with city lights. That's when I got to meet um, this little boy. I thought we had a picture of him, but we don't. Um, he was like two or three, and he couldn't really speak. Like. He just, like, I couldn't hear his name or anything. Um, and some other amazing kids and parents. Um, I got to help him pick out a toy because we went out on buses and there were, like, toys and stuff. And I was like, here, kid, pick out your toy. And then he was, like, sort of just standing there alone like he wanted someone to play with him. So I got a toy and he had this big, like, Spider-Man action figure. And he started, like, like battling my robot a lot and, it, like, like, beating up my, my robot. I kind of felt bad. Uh, and, like, he was just... Yeah, he was just so happy, like just overjoyed that someone came and to play with him that day. Uh, and I realized how much these families needed everything from food to clothing to beds to even just good old loving Jesus, like especially loving Jesus. Like I met a woman who was getting toys for her kids, um, but didn't want them outside because she had been shot. And a little girl who kissed me goodbye with her new toy hedgehog, Mr. Prickles. You see, there's so much... These, that these people have been through, and I'm so happy I got to help make their lives a little better and spread the word of Jesus. Um, Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future." And that's what we not only found out for ourselves, but got to give to other people, and that was really incredible. And now Megan's can speak. Do you need your paper? Okay, there you go. Sorry for tearing up. <laughs> um, hello, for those who don't know me, I'm Megan Roy. I'm a rising freshman at West Forsyth High School. I can't even begin to start on the amazing time I had this summer with this church. This summer for local missions week, I went to City Lights as well as Solus Christus. City Lights is a nonprofit organization that collects food, toys, blankets, books, and they even make beds for kids who don't have a place to sleep. When we went to City Lights, we split into groups. Some people made bunk beds, others sorted clothes, and at the end of the day, we all delivered food in local Winston-Salem. At Solus Christus, which serves as a Christian halfway house for women who are trying to get clean and sober, my group was able to paint the porch, while others worked on ditches, pipelines, and clean the, even cleaned the house. The house was surrounded by land, and when we finished our jobs, we were able to meet some of the amazing animals, as you saw in the video, of course. But at the end of all of our hard work at the Mission Week, we had a relaxing float down the Yadkin River, on tubes as well as air mattresses. Throughout this week, I found a verse that I think goes extremely well with what we did, which is Romans 12, verse 13, or 11 through 13. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I feel as though on this mission week, I was close to God as ever. It's amazing to know that God uses us as everyday people to spread his word while helping others. 
This time has brought me closer to God in more ways than one, and I feel as though it has been an awakening for how much opportunities I've been given in my, I've been given in my life, and I've been so blessed with this experience. I would love to thank Pebbles, Levi, Brian, and Corey for this amazing time, as well as our amazing leaders they've been and interns. So, thank you. Hey everyone, it's so good to see you all again. I'm not gonna lie, I cried a little bit, shed a couple of tears. Um, I just wanna say first, thank you to everyone who spoke, that takes guts. And thank you to everyone who's here. We just wanna say we're very grateful for a church that supports our children and our youth ministry. I hope that you've been able to see how God has moved through our students this past summer. And I hope you can see the love that God has for all of us. Um, before the band comes up to lead us in worship, we'd love for you to take a moment and fill out the Hey, I'm Here cards. They're attached to your bulletins, and you can uh, drop those off on your way out. Okay, so lastly, um, Promotion Sunday is coming up, so that's on August 22nd, and we're really, really excited to welcome all of our new, like, new students in the children ministry and our youth ministry, so we're all really excited. And so if you have a rising kindergartner, sixth grader, or ninth grader, we understand that this is a big move for them, you know, coming into a new grade. And so we've emailed you some information about how our church staff is going to make this transition easier for them, so just keep an eye out for that email. Now let's continue to worship as the band leads us. Mm -hmm. 